What is up, guys? You are listening to the Montreal Madness Podcast with your host, Tony Montreal. Hey, guys. How's it going here? Um, back for another episode post-Thanksgiving. Uh, how was you guys' Thanksgiving, J.D.? Very hungover. No, <laughs> it was a it was a it was a rough uh, night Wednesday after the podcast. So it was it was good though. Great food. Got to see some of the family. Then slept most of the day. Yeah. How about you, Corey? Same. Woke up. Did not feel well at all. Didn't get to enjoy the all the turkey and kind of put a damper on the day. But overall, it, it went all right. Took about three naps. So. Yeah, about to say, I didn't start feeling better till around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but then yeah. as I got the food, me and everything, I pounded at least three or four plates of turkey. What time, what time did you guys eat? Uh, well, I ate at 1, well, one o'clock with her family and then uh, Alyssa's family. And then I went to my parents' house around 4.30, 5 o'clock. So I had a couple plates there. And then they had like three or four pies. So I had to get me a slice of each. So nice, nice, I was nice. feeling pretty good by the end of the, end of the day. Yeah, I ate, I think, at like 12 Three thirty and then five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was so full. And then the day after, you went to the Penn State Michigan State game at Ford Field. How was that experience there? Oh, it was it, it was awesome. Great to see the boys smoke Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, gotta love the play. I mean, by the third quarter, it was only Penn State fans really left in the stadium. Other than you know Michigan State's band, that you know, shout out to them. They were giving their heart out the whole game. Sounded great, even though you got to support a team that didn't complete a pass in the second half and ended with 50-some, 58 yards of total Yeah, but Great experience. Uh, Ford Field was really nice, surprisingly small for a dome. I really thought it would be a lot bigger, but it had a cool layout, cool setup. Like, the team store for the Lions was down there. I was like, oh, I might buy a Sun God jersey, but... (laughs) I was surprised watching the game that they didn't paint the... Do the I noticed that too. All they did I don't think well they didn't have time. And what was crazy, I don't know if you could see on the broadcast, but they still had like this Thanksgiving emblem sealed on Penn State sideline. Did they really? Yeah, and I was just like, oh, that's funny. Like all they had time to do was put Spartan <laughs> in the midfield, and yeah, you guys are Detroit Lions this week. That's rough. Well, it's funny because I had a parlay going uh, that day on last Friday. I had every single I I think it was four legs. I had every single leg uh, hit. Then I took the um, Penn State to cover by 22 and a half points. Whenever Aller got sacked in that third and goal, it was only six nothing by the uh, start of the second quarter. I'm like, nope, I'm cashing out at 30 bucks because I payout was 80. Then I got to the fourth quarter. I'm like, damn, I just had no faith, and I he lost 50 bucks faith. on that. Yep, so I deserved it. I deserved it. But that's a perfect segue into this first segment here. Um, so obviously the thrashing that we all saw, you in, uh, in person, JD, 42 nothing, And the season at 10-2, kind of what everybody really thought this season was going to uh, – how the season was going to happen, right? I mean, yeah, and like I've said in the past on the show, you know – 10 win seasons, what, there's not really too many negatives. Yes, I know it sucks. We can't beat, we didn't beat Michigan. We didn't beat Ohio State. But, um, you know, I'll still take, you know, a prominent bowl chance here. Next year, obviously, we'd be making the playoffs. Obviously, yeah. the rankings are going to come out next Tuesday, final rankings. But I don't see a world where Penn State isn't in the top 10 in the next ranking. No. With, you know, their only two losses being to Michigan, who's probably going to be ranked two now. Yep. And um, Ohio State. Um, Worst, what, six? Six, that's what I'm thinking, maybe. Maybe fifth. I, f- I feel like they'll try to keep them in the fifth spot. If anything, um, maybe Bama flips them. I don't know. Or mm-hmm. maybe right in front of Bama. Yeah. That's probably where they get placed. But, 
Yeah, I mean, looking forward to see what the bowl game ends up to be. Definitely a great season, I thought, overall for the boys. Um, defensively, this is probably one of the best Penn State defenses I've ever seen in my life. Maybe with exception to the Orange Bowl year with Paul Pazlesny and all those guys who are yeah. absolute dogs. 2005 year. 2005, 2006 years. Um, and then kind of maybe early 2012 we had a pretty good defense, wasn't it? 2013? Was that the Daryl Clark years? No, it wasn't Daryl Clark. It was... Oh, that was Matt McGloin. It was like McGloin's year. We had a pretty decent defense. Yeah. And then it felt like from there, they just consistently kept building up. Like when Michael Motti was there and that stuff. Yeah. The defense was yeah. really pretty good that year. But I feel like, yeah, just this season in general, definitely can finish heads high. I mean, number one defense in the country by a pretty good margin. Um, obviously, it's funny. The top three teams are Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State for yeah. country defenses. So just shows how kind of tough our division is. Um and that's why I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what happens with Michigan coming out of everything to see how they would fare in the playoffs because I think they're a pretty solid team. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. their, their uh, run game is so solid. McCarthy doesn't have to really do anything, but he's just good enough to make plays. Do I think Michigan's a real threat this year? Oh. Georgia's not what they were, it seems like. So, I mean, I think Michigan coming out of the Big Ten has a real good chance, actually. Yeah. So what was your overall thoughts of just, you know, a, uh, a review of the season for Penn State, Corey? It was about what I expected. I didn't think we'd get anything out of Ohio State and Michigan. Um, if it was a 12-team playoff this year, we'd get into it and play maybe like a Florida State or someone like that. I'm not so sure Dad, exactly. Dad actually sent a text message of what a proposed 12-man playoff would look like. I'll let you look at that, Corey. What would you think about that? Washington first round. Honestly, I think we'd lose to Washington first round. Yeah. But... I mean, just to be in there and have some meaning would be cool instead of just going to, like, the Outback Bowl, New Year's Six Day Bowl. Getting getting a little tired of that, but, I mean, it is what it is. Ohio State's just a little bit better. They're going to be losing Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, so I yeah. think we'll stack up with them a little bit better. But hopefully we see a little bit more improvement next year th from, from Alar. We'll see uh, who the new OC will be. Hopefully we can keep Manny Diaz. Yeah, so. give that guy a blank check. Let him sign whatever he wants. Yeah, he he has to stay. We had such a good defense. Where if we lose him, where, I think you'll where see. do you think he would go though at this point? Because most of the big jobs are kind of already been taken. Yeah, and he already has for a, now. Though. For now, yeah. though, I agree. In the off season, you know, more is going to change and come bowl if, season. Depending on what the NCAA brings a hammer down on Harbaugh, if he goes to the NFL, I see Manny Diaz going to Michigan. He fits that really? I think, very well. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I feel like they might just promote their OC, though. I mean, they could. he's managed games really well, good person, giving interviews. He seems like an all-around, you know, solid coach for them. I mean, he's in contention right now for, you know, coordinator of the year or, like, assistant coach of the year. So Yeah, which sucks that Manny Diaz yeah, wasn't part of the finals. Diaz that is a big ripoff. Completely, I that's, agree. that's literally just down to those two losses, I feel like. Yeah. But it wasn't his fault, though. When you hold Ohio State to 20 and then Michigan 24 points – and then you have the number one rated defense in the country. How do you not become a finalist? Especially with the amount of time the defense played on the field for both those exactly. games. Exactly. Yeah. Ohio State, the defense was on the field pretty much for three quarters of that fucking mm -hmm. game. I mean, the NCAA only cares about that what numbers in that loss column. That's all they yeah, care it's just about. sad because he coached a great year. Yeah. Definitely would deserve it. And yeah, I mean, he, he deserves more than what the university's given him. Yeah. yeah. And that's my whole point about this year. To me, it's it was a disappointing year because we had like like you guys elaborated on already the best defense that Penn State hasn't had in a decade and a half since 2005. 
um, to let that defense go to waste with with an offense that was just trash when it came to the big games. Um, it was just a it was just a disappointment in in my book. Um, if the offense was average, they would have won both of those games. Um, you know, so that's where that's where I lie in my uh, season review for the Nittany Lions. It's just we and these these were down years for Ohio State and Michigan. Like 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 we had a, ch- a legit chance this year to at least beat one of those two teams, um, and we didn't. Like that's just the most disappointing and aspect for me. The big thing is since we beat Iowa, if we win one of those games, say we beat Michigan, then Michigan beats Ohio State, we'd be in the Big Ten yes. championship yeah, right because now. we have the tiebreaker mm-hmm. for beating yeah. Iowa. I mean that would have been massive. Yeah, yeah, I mean at the beginning of the year, I put a bet on Penn State to win ten games. So <laughs> I mean, well, there I, you go, you hit. Uh, well, I was expecting that. I mean. You gotta remember, Lars is a sophomore starting his first year too. Yeah, I know he took. It's you gotta think though. It's pretty tough for a 19 year old to go into, you know, Columbus. Just and I was there. It was fucking crazy, like a Penn State whiteout game, just as comparable. But it's just like you know, I expect you know maybe he steps up big moments and we win one more game like that. But I didn't really expect Alar to go out there and beat both of those teams. I mean, of course, I thought it would be competitive, which they were competitive games. It's just, you know, defense kept it in to be competitive. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, he at the end of the year, you can't knock the kid. He had one pick. I know it's yeah. what, which 60- was a pretty crap, pick, which really. was a shit pick. But then he really, you know, seemed to pick it up there later in the season. So I think a good off season with him. I think next year is the ride or die year. I know we do lose a couple defensive guys, but our second string defense is. It's legit. It's just as good. I mean, a lot of the times you don't realize Franklin's subbing all these guys out. We had Chop yeah. missing for, what, three, four weeks? Yeah, yeah he missed <clears throat> how many, he, he missed, missed two a game. lot of games up into the Michigan He game, missed r- right before the Michigan game. He missed Maryland. So that's Denver, three. Michigan. So that's so three, games. three games. for yeah. Ohio State. But, like, guys stepped up, and I expect kind of that same caliber, even, you know, if Diaz is there or not there, I feel like, you know, just – them being coached under him, you know, that's that's a discipline for him. I know someone else might come in to change it. Maybe they promote internally for that just because he was kind of taught that under Diaz. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what would make sense with me. But, yeah, just, you know, hopefully we see improvements next year. And I thought Aller had his coming out part against Michigan State. I mean, he threw the ball very well. And it wasn't he just check downs. He, he threw looked, it down the field. He looked confident. Like, yes. That 60, I think we ended up, it was like 63-yard bomb he threw. To um, oh, what was that kid's name? He was he's actually, number five. He's a freshman. Yeah, um, but just the way he stepped up in the pocket, he just flicked his wrist, dude, off his hand. It just looks so yeah. You could just tell he's completing the pass. And it was right on the money too, right there. Just, just to like a local shout out, I would have loved to see. I don't think he got on the field at all, obviously. But Ethan Black went to Connemall Township. Oh, one of the fastest kids in the entire nation last year as a senior in high school. Set the Pennsylvania state record in the one hundred and two hundred meter. And he ran. He runs like a four two five forty. He's he's lightning. Damn. Fast. The only problem is he's like five nine, like one sixty. So real he's big. like built like a punt returner, or kick yeah. returner. Sort yeah, yeah. Would like okay. to see him get on the field just because his speed is insane. It's oh. like a KJ Handler in a way. Yeah. Well, how KJ maybe built. he put. He probably has to put a little weight and muscle yeah. on. I'd imagine. So mm-hmm. I mean, to go into college being that size would be tough, but. Give him like one or two years, I bet. You yeah. know, just hitting the weight room, getting bigger. Yeah, I would like to see him on the field just because he's a local kid. And I mean, yeah, just see what he can do. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll probably get blown up by some six-two linebacker. You play high school <laughs> football? Um, I think a little bit, but he was mainly he was just a walk-on at Penn State, oh. and he was mainly known for his track. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, so let's see here. Got some big, 
conference championship games this week. Uh, let's start with the obvious one here, Georgia at Alabama. Uh, Corey, uh, what do you think of this game? Um, I think it'll be a pretty tightly contested game. I think the spread right now is uh, they're giving six points to Alabama, which it all depends what type of Jalen Milrow shows up. If you get the super athletic, like the super freak athlete Jalen Milrow, mm-hmm. Alabama has a real good chance to win. But if you get the one who's a little bit gun-shy sometimes and mm-hmm. the receivers aren't getting open, he's forced to run, I think Georgia could run away with it pretty easy. Kirby Smart's going to look to shut him down. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be their game plan. But overall, I think Georgia probably takes it. They just, I think defensively, they're a lot better. Alabama should have lost to Auburn. If they're mm-hmm. not playing man-to-man on a Hail Mary or fourth and goal from the 41-yard line. Game. Yeah, Auburn yeah, wins. All, so. I mean, and they muffed the punt, too. Like, yeah. they were getting the ball back with, like, a little over, what, two minutes, three minutes left. Mm-hmm. They muffed the freaking punt. Like, you can't yeah. do that, man. They gave Alabama a gift. And then, yeah, exactly, kind of like Corey said, we're only rushing three on that fourth two. down. Two. No, they rushed three. Oh, okay, I thought they only rushed two. They brought three guys. And he, had, he had all day back. There, all day in the pocket. He, he literally sat there for probably how long it takes someone to eat a McDouble from McDonald's. <laughs> like, had enough time to probably eat a full McDouble, maybe down a little bit of the sprite, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm in a football game. <laughs> Just fucking paints it corner of the end zone to a sleeping Auburn defender. And then save it after the game to say, oh, we practice that every Friday. Bullshit. I don't know. Maybe he does. I mean, maybe that's something cool to end practice that, with. Just fade end zone fucking passes. Maybe they do. But still, I just, I kind of agree with you though, Corey. I think Georgia wins this game. Um, I just don't really see Alabama beating Georgia unless you get the Jalen Milrose that's yelling up the Heisman on the yeah. bench. But I don't know. I just feel Georgia's just way too focused on the three peat right at this point. Yeah. They need to just secure that. And I feel like this. It's not really going to be much of a test for them. Georgia is what Alabama was five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just dominant. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the new dynasty in college football. And I don't see any – even with uh, uh, Milrow, if he does play lights out, I still think Georgia is still a good enough football team where they can allow him to go off and they still beat him because they have so many weapons at so many different positions. And the thing is, they're do- Georgia's doing it without their best player on offense in Brock Bowers. He had season-ending surgery yeah. in week like six or something. I like thought that. he came back. Nah, he no, no. Okay, okay. He was Never done mind. for the rest of the year, and okay. figured get he's going to go to the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah. The season. Well, why would like you risk it? Exactly. Oh, without a doubt, probably going to be one of the best tight ends coming in the league since, yeah. you know, like Kelsey and all those guys. It's going to be neat to see that. But has Saban ever done a three-peat? I don't think so. I don't think mm-hmm. Saban has a three-peat. No. So. Kirby Smart does it, eh? <laughs> Kirby Smart for president? Maybe. <laughs> All right, so another big matchup here. Oregon versus Washington. We always we saw this matchup earlier in the season with Washington beating Oregon by, what, three points? Three points. Um, you know, I know we discussed before the show a little bit about, you know, I when my madness bet of the week, well, we'll say that till the end of the show, I looked on FanDuel, and it has Oregon favored, which that's all right, whatever. The, the spread's nine and a half points. I'm like, I have to take the um, – uh, Washington. Washington to uh, cover nine and a half points, right? Yeah, I mean, like we said before the show, ever since Washington beat Oregon, they're beating teams by single digits for the most part. And since Oregon lost, they're coming out and just steamrolling teams, absolutely killing them. So, I mean, I think Oregon's playing like the best team in the country right now. They're rolling. Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. Which is crazy because at Auburn he was no, he was he ass. Was, yeah, he was not good at Auburn, and now <laughs> he he's got the best bullied at Penn State. <laughs> yes, yeah. he did. He did not have a good time, and now he's the best player in the country apparently. So, like the fact that 
he uh Oregon turned him around. Um, I cannot remember their coach's name for the life of me right now. I can't think of it Who? either. Oregon's coach. Dan, uh, Dan Lansing. 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 Yes. Like I think it's Lansing. Lanning, maybe? I can't remember. I think it is Lanning. But he has Oregon playing out of their minds right now. I think they're coming in with a vendetta, neutral mm-hmm. field. I think they're going to blow Washington away, honestly. Then they're going to get in the playoff. See, I don't think it's going to be blowout. Like, you know, I, I mean, I know I'm saying that from a biased perspective because I picked Washington to cover, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, I can easily see a path where Oregon wins this. Obviously, just for them to blow them out, I don't, I don't see a chance in hell it's a blowout game. Do you, JD? I think Oregon does have the potential to blow them out. I think once their offense gets rolling, it's tough to stop. Um, where's the game being played at? Is it neutral site? Yeah, neutral yeah, site game. Neutral site. I don't know. So where would it's neutral at, site be in the pa- L.A. Probably. I'd imagine maybe maybe the Coliseum. No, I'd imagine no. where the Chargers and all them play. Oh, SoFi. SoFi. I was thinking SoFi or up in Seattle. Those are really the only two yeah. places. Maybe San Fran too. And if it's up there in Seattle, though, it's got to be in a dome. Yeah, exactly. I don't see them playing outdoors. Like, I'm trying to just think of a place that's, like, kind of center for everything, and there's not really anything going on in Oregon because that's in between almost all the schools. But um, I do see Oregon winning it. I do see it being a close game, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they win by 10 points. I think, realistically, they probably win by 7. Um, and then I think they're going to give the committee a hard time. They're uh, they're playing in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Oh, they're in Vegas. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh, they're in Home Vegas. of Super Bowl. What is it? That's, what's the Super Bowl? 55, 56? 58. Oh, okay. 58? Super Bowl 58. Okay. 30 years ahead of me, I think. Yes, yeah, so okay. Super Bowl 58. Okay. But that's going that's, that's gonna to be a good atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I think Oregon's just going to bring it. They're, I hope to God they show out in some sick unis like they do. Yes. I mean... You got to. Yeah, I love Oregon's uniforms. Best in the country, hands down. Um, All right, so the uh, Big 12 between Texas, our friend Tanner's team, and Oklahoma State. I know Texas ranked 7. I think Oklahoma's ranked either 19th or 21st. They're even ranked. I think they lost last week. Yeah, but they're still ranked, though. No, 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 they won. Oh, they won. They went to to overtime with BYU. If they would have lost to BYU, then Oregon would have got in. Over, I mean, Oregon, fuck, Oklahoma would have gone in over the yeah. state. So, regardless, I don't think that it's, it's, I mean, it might be a game through halftime, you know, maybe a one score game at the half. After that, I think Texas is going to roll them to smithereens. Yeah, I think Texas will handle, handle their business. I mean, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They have to go in. And they have to win. They have to take care of business, which I think they'll do. I think they beat Oklahoma State already. Yes. So. And then they have to kind of, they have to look good doing it, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it can't be a close game. Texas has to show out for any chance to make the playoff, and then they yeah. need some help. So yeah. I think Texas takes that one, we'll, we'll say comfortably, but I think it'll probably come down to the last, like, 10 minutes of the game, and then they'll score, like, a last-second touchdown. They'll be, like, like, like a two down, or three score a, win. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. Um, I mean, I see Texas probably winning this game pretty comfortably, so I don't think Oak State's going to really pose them much of a threat. Um, I feel like Oklahoma, I mean, that was just the Red River rivalry, dude. Anyone can come out of it. And they lost on a last-second touchdown. Yeah, last-second touchdown. I mean, Texas is, you know, maybe 20 seconds away from being perfect right now, and Mm -hmm. I think if they continue on that mindset, um, they're going to make it interesting. You know, bearing an upset Oregon over Washington – you know, they already beat Bama. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they do have a strong argument to make the college football playoffs. Yeah. You know, now knowing what we know about Florida State and Ohio State, you know, I can easily see them giving an eye to Texas if Oregon finds a way to win the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the playoff is going to be 
very interesting, depending on certain results. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover that in a little bit here. All right, so, I mean, Big Ten title game between Michigan and Iowa. I mean, we should spend, what, 15 seconds on this? It's Michigan by 30 because they're going to score 30. Now, Iowa's going to score zero. Yeah, probably. I think the spread's like 25 and a half, something like that. Which 23, is, yeah. 23. 23 Over-under is 35 and a half. Yeah, and that's how the Michigan over scoring. because Michigan is going to fucking get the over by himself. They're putting up at least fucking five or six touchdowns. Hey, if there's anything yeah. Iowa can do, it's play some defense. They got, uh, what's his name, Cooper DeJean, one of the best defensive backs in the country. Then their punter. Have you, have you seen Dude, their punter? Dude, their punter yes. is insane, He's bro. like constantly The Steelers need to get him. We were listening, so on the way to the Penn State game on Thursday night, was it Thursday? Yeah, Iowa and Nebraska were, uh, was um, – no Friday. no, Friday. Friday morning, yeah. Yeah, Iowa and Nebraska was playing on the drive down, and like the announcers were just getting hyped when the punter was putting the ball because <laughs> he, he was is. just booming it. They're like, oh, he really put a leg on this one. He's like constantly putting teams inside the 10, and that makes it hard to go 90 yards against that Iowa defense. I think I think Iowa will cover in that game. I think they'll cover. <laughs> that's my that's my bold prediction. Yeah, here's my thing though. Like we just talked about how Penn State's defense was on the field three fourths of the game against, uh, against Ohio State. I feel like Iowa defense is gonna be out there for like ninety percent of the game. <laughs> like I don't see any way that Iowa can move the ball past a fifty yard line. Turnover. Yeah. Besides for a turnover. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my only th- like I said, I think they'll cover just because I mean Iowa doesn't have really any reason to get up for a game mm-hmm. other than this one. It's the Big Ten Championship game. Maybe you can ruin someone's season. I think you Maybe take the over for that bit. reason, but to too. Say, you're not I... playing tight if you're Iowa. Like, you know, you're playing loose because you're not expected to, to win. Even if yeah, they win, they you're have not nothing... going to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. All right, I guess the last major conference game we can talk about here is uh, the ACC Championship between Louisville and Florida State. Typically, you know, it should be Florida State's game hands down, but after they lost Jordan Travis, yeah. I believe that his name is, the quarterback, a couple weeks ago, Playing for backup, I mean, Louisville, I mean, they should have won last week against Kentucky. Completely screwed over my parlay. Pissed me off. But they've been a good team all year, consistently. Um, I know they're ranked 15 right now, but they've consistently ranked in the top 10 all year, it seems like. Uh, you have a healthy Louisville team against a banged-up Florida State team. This could go either way, in my opinion. Yeah. This is the closest, I think, championship game besides for Oregon and Washington. We're going to see. Yeah, uh, I saw... Louisville fans campaigning online uh, for Lamar Jackson to come back and play because he still has a year of eligibility <laughs> left to come back play one game when Louisville the ACC and because he's on his bye so he'd be able to pull it off. Yeah, I mean I think that's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Louisville might pull this one out just because Florida State's playing with a backup. I mean they beat Florida last week with a backup. Florida's Florida. Florida. Yeah, like they, they're, they're not five and seven this year. They're nothing super impressive. This ain't your Tim Tebow Florida Gators. Yeah. <laughs> Urban Meyer Florida Gators. So, where's that game being played at? The Panther Stadium? Uh, it might be. Yep, Charlotte. Bank of America Stadium. Okay. Um, I think this is actually like the true upset of the weekend. So, I think Louisville does win this game. Um, I think, you know, Florida's, you know, lost it. Obviously, with Travis Hunter, I was lost a prep in their steps. So, yeah. I think Louisville looks good. Um, obviously, you know, they lost to Pitt, which should be unacceptable. Um, but in that Kentucky game, well, you know, kind of like you said, you know, it's back and forth. Louisville kind of shot themselves in the foot and decided not to play defense at all under five minutes left in the game. Yeah, that was ridiculous. They were looking ahead to Florida State already. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think Louisville gets their stuff together. I think they come out. I think they upset Florida State. Um, and then that's how I think, you know, kind of the door opens for Texas, Oregon to work their way in for the playoffs. Then. All so, right. 
perfect segue uh, into uh, our final four after the conference games for the uh, national championship. Well, here are your final four, Corey. So, I think Georgia beats Bama, so Georgia stays in. They'll, they'll go one. Michigan beats Iowa. Michigan goes two. Um, who's even who's number three right now? Oregon. No, or no, Washington. Since Ohio State lost. Okay. Actually, it comes out like tonight. What what it'd be? But um, regardless, I think thirty. I think. Yeah, I think Florida State will lose, which will kick them out. Oregon wins. Oregon will hop in, and I think Texas will win, which will put Texas in. They're in the loss being to a good Oklahoma team, and plus they beat Bama. So even if Bama wins, I don't think Bama should get in over Texas. No way, but the committee would find a way to put Alabama uh, they, they in there. They love the SEC. It's bullshit. ESPN loves the SEC. It's wild. I think the only way Bama gets a consideration is, one, if they beat Georgia or they keep the game really close. Like, I'm talking like one, two points. It's a last-second yeah. field goal, Georgia yeah, wins Yeah, exactly. It. Georgia wins on some shit like that. Um, but, yeah. So did you name your other two teams? Um, yeah. So in in order, one to four: Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. Okay. Oh, this just in: uh, Penn State ranked number ten. Yep. Just saw it. That's awesome to hear. See, we made top ten this week. So. Yep. Very good. Very good. Got that breaking news from my source, <laughs> Tanner College. <laughs> Thank you, TC. Hot on the button. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's going to be, obviously, uh, Michigan and Georgia. I don't see Georgia losing. Yeah, I think we all can agree on one. Yep. Team, so. I see Washington winning It's Oregon again. That's my kind of like my bold prediction here. So that's number three. And then I think because of that, Texas is going to get the number four spot. Um, you know, they haven't been getting a lot of love all year for whatever reason. Like, even after beating Alabama early in the year. At Alabama, they they still are getting no love. And it's all because of that, you know, that um, game against Oklahoma. But we saw them, Texas, after that game, just go undefeated after that. And they should definitely, in my opinion, be the number four ranked team in the country when it's all said and done. Will that be the case? I don't know. The committee seems to slander a lot of, you know, Big 12 and Pac-12 schools. If, if this but was SEC Texas, they'd 100% Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's what I can't stand about this for playoff committee bullshit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's who our Final Four is um, for the upcoming college football playoff. Oh, JD, what you got? Um, I mean, I kind of agree with you, Corey. I was pretty much going to say the exact same thing you said, so... The only reason I could see them being biased against Texas is because they did have a couple close games when they had Quinn Ewers out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just don't think it's enough to bump Alabama over Texas getting in because Texas already beat Alabama. I understand, like you said, the loss. Oklahoma, it's kind of a fluke because it's a rivalry game. It would have been really nice if Oklahoma could have done the business and, you know, been the other representative to play that. That would help Texas a lot. Exactly. That would really help strengthen their case over Bama. But I think if they win convincingly enough against Oklahoma State, it's not going to be much of an issue to put them in Mm -hmm. over Alabama. And then, you know, Ohio State, you know, I don't think there's any shot of them remotely getting in. I know they lost a close one. It was close to Michigan. But it's... I just feel like they did it last year and they lost again. I feel like they're destined for, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl. Yep. And then... I just feel like if Washington loses to Oregon, just Oregon's in. If Washington wins, then, you know, obviously Very vice versa. Now, um, do you think – how do you think the committee will handle – say Texas wins, Oregon wins. Okay. Florida State wins. 
so we'll even say Alabama beats Georgia. What do you think the committee does with a one-loss Georgia, one-loss Texas, one-loss Oregon, one-loss Washington, undefeated Florida State with a backup? What do you think the committee does in that See, the, the whole premise, whenever the, whenever the 14 playoff came about, what was it, 9, 10 years ago now, was that it's the four best teams make it in, okay? And it's not necessarily on record. It's just, all right, who are the four best teams in the country as far as, you know, what their roster makeup looks like, who they played resume-wise, and the eye test, how they've looked. Um, I feel like a head-to-head really matters in that best team, that best four-team scenario. No, it does, yeah, because it's the one comparable thing you have. It's like, yep, and like it's right now, you know, Texas is still ranked ahead of Bama exactly for that reason. They still come in at seven. Ohio State dropped to six, and Oregon moved up to five. And that's why you can't put Florida State, even if they go undefeated, you can't put them in because they are not one of the best four teams without Jordan Travis as quarterback. I'm sorry, Florida State fans. I don't think there's many watching this podcast, but but if there is a Florida State fan listening to here. Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, you're not one of the best four teams even to go undefeated. I'm sorry. It's just that's that's the way it is. When you have the four best teams, how they define it, the college football committee, they're not one of the best four teams even undefeated. Well, I mean, is, is do you think it's the four best teams or the four most deserving teams? No. Because last year, do you think TCU is one of the four best teams? In the and country? that's the thing. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't have been in there, honestly. But they honest went undefeated. God. That's yeah, so really that's, the only reason why. The, like, that's why they take that into consideration. Yeah, that's where like it's almost like a gray area. Is it the is it the actual best teams or is it the most deserving A one-loss TCU last year probably doesn't get in the college football play. They're not even well, they sniffing the college team. They, they lost they? the Big 12 championship game to Kansas State. Oh, is that right? Did yeah. they? I thought they won that at the end of the game. Mm-mm, they lost that game. They were one loss. The, the, I think they put them in there because they beat Kansas State earlier in the year, and they lost the Big 12 championship game to a team they didn't already beat. Yeah. Because, and that, uh, remember, Max uh, Dugan had like a, like 75 rushing yards on the last drive of the game to force overtime, and then they <laughs> then they blew, they blew it. it in overtime. Yep, I yeah. remember that now. And that and that's why I hate the committee because, like you said, there's a big gray area there, and it's like one year they go best four teams, the other year they look at like you know records and stuff like that. Is it, that's why I, I've never personally liked the college football. Like, there's an actual committee side the best four teams. I I just don't. I never cared for that. Yeah, it just sucks because there's so much gray area through one through six. So. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, them expanding upon the playoffs is going to help fix that gray area. It's going to give us more compelling games to watch at yep. the end of the season. Yeah. And you would think you have all these experts, and they're like, you know, presidents and ADs and stuff like that who are on this committee of other schools, and you would think they know what they're talking about, but I read something the other day where it's like in the semifinal round, the average margin of victory is two scores. Yeah, it's I think like, it's like fourteen, like nineteen points. Nineteen actually. points, yeah, three scores. Like, that's not good. Well, the first like, round games have always just been terrible because yeah. it's always been the one and two seeds kind of just bullying the lower seeds. The Ohio State uh Georgia game last year was actually That was the exception. That was like that was the, the exception. one exception though. I yeah. agree with well, you. Yeah, both of them last year were pretty good cuz TCU barely beat Michigan then. Correct, right? Yeah, you they know you are right. Well, yeah. Last year they, they was a random well, the year like Notre Dame was in against yeah, Alabama. Yeah, they got like scurdy. Yeah. Then the one year Oregon was in it, they got fucking smoked. And then the first year Michigan got in 2 years ago, Georgia ran over them by, you know, multiple scores. Yeah, yeah I think it was like 38-7 to 7 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was, was a, not a good a good game. Um, um, last college football thing you might want to touch on. Who's who's your Heisman pick? Um, I'm going to have to go with that <laughs> Jalen Daniels from LSU. Just the 
ungodly numbers he put up. They did a comparable stats between bless you, JD. Thank you. They did a comparable stat between him and Joe Burrow's um, campaign. What was it? Twenty nineteen that season. Nineteen. Yeah. Um, literally every from passing yards, rushing yards, completion percentage, touchdown, the interception ratio, all of them were better than Joe Burrow. So how do you not have him as your Heisman favorite whenever he put up better numbers than Joe Burrow? Three losses. That's how. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought it was supposed to be like the best player, not based on what team you played for. You would think. You would think. Yeah, when it comes to being the quarterback, though, the leader, it's just, you know, it's kind of tough. So Yeah. Um, who do I like for the Heisman? I mean, I know you will never win it, but I, Marvin Harris probably deserves it because if he played on a team with a fucking good quarterback, yeah. he would have put up, you know, what was it? Who won it? Uh, Devontae Smith numbers, like in Alabama the year he won it with. Was yeah. it um, Jalen or is it to no, his first I, year? I think that was It was two. to his first year as a yes. starter. Yeah. So um, Jalen transferred. Yeah, it's just Kyle McCord is, I just think, personally a terrible quarterback. Yeah, I mean, because Harrison held, or uh, Harrison was held back by McCord so much that he was actually not even the best receiver in college football this year, technically. Yeah. Like, Overall, he is obviously like he's mm-hmm. insane. But uh, what's it? Malik Neighbors actually beat him in like everything. I think yeah. he had more touchdowns, more receptions, more yards. But he had Jane Daniels. And that's ball. that's not Marvin Harrison's fault. Yeah, not his fault yeah. at all. And like I think we said earlier in a couple of different shows before this, where it's like, you know, Ohio State is Penn State just with Marvin Harrison Jr. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So he does make a big difference. And you know, I would like to see, especially like with the NFL MVP award. You'd like to see positions other than the quarterback get the um, Heisman or, you know, slash MVP yeah. trophy. Um, MVP's always just going to go to quarterback. Yeah, which is complete bullshit. Yeah. You know, like McCaffrey, the one year he put up, like, how many touchdowns? Close to 30 touchdowns one year. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't that happen. close, but he had an insane year as far as touchdowns and yards concerned. I think he had and, over, like, 2,000 all-purpose yards. Yeah, and I think he finished third in the voting. So it's yeah. like, c- come on. What are, what are you guys doing here? Like, the committee who votes on that stuff. What yeah. are you doing? But... But since Marvin Harris definitely won't win it, I'm probably on the Bo Nix fan wagon. What he's done at Oregon, Corey probably would agree with me, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Bo Nix. Now, do they, with the Heisman, is it just regular season, or do they count conference championship into, like, because I know in the NFL, they don't take into consideration your uh, playoff they get, they stats the and everything. Heisman before the playoffs and bowl games. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do? Oh, yeah, okay. It's, like the yeah, first they, week of the, it's right after conference championship. Okay, so conference championship uh, is considered. It, okay. No, it's not that early. It's a couple weeks after, I think. But, like, yeah, one thing they're saying, like, Nix has an advantage is he has this uh, championship game to go out, put up extra stats, numbers against a good Washington team, where Jaden Daniels doesn't get that chance because yeah. his team yeah. wasn't as good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm on the Bo Nix bandwagon. Wasn't Washington's quarterback Penix in the running there earlier yeah, in the year? He, he still is. He probably will get a call to go to New York. So. Yeah, I think the top ones are... I th- Bo Nix is the front runner. Yeah. He's, like, minus 175, yeah, I think. I'll then then Jaden Daniels... And then I think it goes uh, Penix. And, like, it's a huge jump between Dan- uh, Daniels and uh, Penix. And okay. then I think it's, like, Harrison Jr., J- uh, Jalen Milrow, and uh, I think Carson it's a cor- Beck. Yeah, Carson Beck from Georgia. Okay. They're, like, the top six. Yeah, in order, it's Bo Nix, and he's the heavy favorite at minus 165. And then Jalen Daniels, Michael Penix, Jalen Melrose, Carson Beck, Marvin Harrison, and then pretty much Michigan. Marvin Harrison being behind Carson Beck's an outrage. You know, that that's just not right. <laughs> I mean, overall... Well, do, they do, both do, have the same odds, so it's not really like... Oh, okay, what, okay. What, also, you can tell how much bias they put into it by how good your team is, because 
Where's Where's Caleb Williams? Where's the yeah. number one pick in the upcoming draft? Yeah. Nowhere near these nope. rankings just because USC has a bad year, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's NFL level level caliber, but I mean. Now, do it's you just think crazy. because he's not even in the consideration for it, you think he stays another year at USC? I you lose out on a lot of money if you do that. I mean, I know the NIL. Is NCAA, he really though with NIL and I, I, in LA? I still don't think the comparables like between NFL money and NIL money. I just think it's night and day. Don't I, you think? I think, it I de- think it's worth maybe another year though if you want to play on a good competitive team. Like I think it depends what because his dad apparently has already said depending on what team has exactly. the number one pick, he'll stay in college. So I think that has a lot to say. I mean... You have to declare to go, you're going pro, right? You can't just participate in... No, you have to declare, I think, a month before the draft. Yeah, you can't just I, go I think show... it's earlier than that because you have the combine, you have pro I was going to say, you can't stuff. show yeah, up get, to the combine yeah. and yeah. not get drafted. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd be surprised if he... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to say another year. How about that stupid rumor midway through the year where I guess um, Caleb Williams and his dad said, like, they want 10% of the ownership to whatever NFL team drafts him. Like, what the... F- how are you talking about? Any NFL team that commits to that would just be so stupid. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that's a lot of money you're paying this guy to possibly turn your franchise around. Say say he's a bust. Say, yeah. say he gets a career-ending injury. So he's going to the Browns. You, you, you've given him 10% of your team. Like, that, no, that's just very stupid. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to the NFL here. The Steelers look like an actual offense. I mean, there's been some weird things in Cincy over the past couple years. You had DeMar Hamlin almost die. You had Shazier get paralyzed. And the Steelers gained 400 yards of total offense. Um, you know, yeah, they only put 16 points on the board. But if they play like that consistently every game, they're going to score way more than 60 points. They look like a... You know, not like a Bills offense or an Eagles offense, but they look like an average offense where if they get carried by a great defense, they could potentially make some noise come January. Tony. I said they had to be consistent, Corey. This, Tony, you know, they still on. have to prove to me that, you know, they can do this on a consistent Tony. basis. I'm saying if they can do this on a consistent basis, this team has the capability your- to at least win one playoff game but again they have to be like they have to play like this consistently that's what i'm saying you're getting your hopes up they played the 30th ranked defense in the league i don't without, ca- without joe burrow to keep them on the field can he i mean uh not can he pick the Steelers offense doesn't play against joe burrow well yeah but i'm saying if if joe burrow is playing the Bengals' offense is on the field more uh pittsburgh doesn't get the chance to do what they did jake browning's I thought he would be a little bit better. Good God, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 30th ranked defense. Kenny Pickett, if you take away his long bomb to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, still throws for under 200 yards. He had a bomb to Pickens, too. Yeah, Pickens and, um, and Deontay. Deontay. And if you take he had those big two passes bombs to Fryermuth. Yeah, I mean, Fryermuth showed out where, I mean, that's what a tight end's there for to be a security blanket. Well, that's what Fryermuth's specifically there for. I mean, yeah, exactly. Fryermuth has seen action like that since Ben was there at the helm. No. No, he, he hasn't. Well, I mean, he hasn't. Well, but when Kenny Pickett has had 100-yard receiving games last year, majority of them were because of Fryer. Yes, down the it, seam. Exactly. They were hitting him. And it was good to see him get more involved. Um, I still think there is the glaring issue of kind of, you know, Kenny still needs to get better. Um, kind of watching all 22 film, he missed a couple big throws that should have probably been completed. He did. Oh, one, for sure. One to George Pickett on a cross route to the middle of the field just – 
Uh, there was a little pressure coming from the right side, and Najee kind of completely dodged a block there. Mm-hmm. And the blitzer was coming. He had to get rid of it. But still, he had more than enough time to throw it comfortably before he got hit. Yeah, a good quarterback makes that You throw. know, that's like, yeah, that's a 98 percenter is what, you know, people would call that. Yeah. Like, wide open guy in the middle of the field in cover two, you got to hit him. Just yeah, put it I, near him, he can catch it. I, I saw another one in the second quarter where he had a, yeah, a check down. I think it was to a Connor Hayward mm-hmm. in the middle. If he throws it to him, Hayward catches it, probably turns, gets the first down. It's like second and five. But instead, he, he looked right at Hayward, but instead he threw a check down to Jalen Warren, lost five, five yards, yards. It was third and ten, then they end up punting the ball. Yeah, because they were in field goal range there, and you know that took him out of it. You yeah, know? and it's like it, it's obvious errors like that that you just can't have. I, I still just have zero faith in the Steelers' offense. I mean, yeah, you had over 400 yards, but you put up 16 points. Chris Boswell was still your leading point getter. I get that. My only thing is, though, I was just very pleased with uh, one game improvement. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I'm not, I'm not saying this offense is good at all. That's not what I'm saying. My thing is that they showed great improvement, and now they still have a lot of stuff to work on, especially in their concepts. Like, I remember uh, Dan Ravlowski, uh on Monday on ESPN he said about how you know the Steelers are still struggling in offense, and this is why. He came to three plays. One of them was this play you just talked about where he had Connor Hayward, or I think it was actually he said he pointed out it was Darnell Washington um, off a of play action. He had him open. It wasn't Hayward, and he dumped it off to Warren. The other play was this is more like a you know a play call, or not a play call, but like a like a concept sort of thing. You're, you had um, a receiver on the right side in the slot, and you had a receiver on the left side in the slot as well. It was supposed to be a levels concept. So one goes low and the other one goes deep in the middle. And ex- and instead, the receivers both ran the same sort of depth in the middle of the field, almost colliding to each other. And then Pickett you know, saw that and had to scram when he took a sack on the play. Um, so that stuff, you know, that's still work in progress. And, you know, honestly, you're not going to fix that in, what, the remaining five or six games they have in the year. It is what it is at this point. I just loved that, you know, the it was enjoyable to watch for the first time as a Steeler fan since 2020, it was enjoyable to watch his offense move the ball. Yes, they only scored 16 points, but if they can move the ball like that, like I said earlier, on a consistent basis, they're going to score more than 16 points. I mean, hell, if Deontay drops and just freaking catches the ball instead of letting it go through his hands, it's a touchdown. And if Mike Tomlin challenges the play, because Gene Stellator, the uh, NFL for, former NFL referee on the broadcast, said that you know he caught it, three steps in the end zone. At that point, the play's dead, and it's a touchdown no matter what happens. So if Tomlin would have thrown the challenge flag, it would have been a touchdown. So right there, that's 23 points. And, you know, yeah, it's only 23 points, but I just love the the movement of the ball. You know, they had zero three-and-outs this week uh, on Sunday. Zero three-and-outs. That's a huge improvement. Um, I mean, I don't know. I loved what I saw. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of talked about Kenny making Aaron throws. I think that touchdown play to Deontay Johnson, he made a shit throw on as well. He put it behind him where if he kind of just let him in the back window of the end zone, like right below the field goal post. Yeah. You, well, not really in the post, but where the upright is. Like yes. You draw an imaginary line down, you know, right there. Mm-hmm. I think that's an easy touchdown he holds on to. And like you said, you know, obviously Tomlin doesn't like to challenge calls. He knows he's going to win because... He only loses challenges, and that's yeah. part of his contract. So <laughs> he, I was upset. But what made me more pissed off was like the, you know what was it the next play the Warren fumble and Deontay just throw oh that is throwing a pissy dude, fit. Dude, the ball's Deontay literally right beside him, and he just w- looked there and just like from the start of the play one he walked out to the cornerback like didn't yeah. even try to go he block him. Yep. And then he fumbles it. He's looking at the ball and he's just like yeah fuck this. Can and, he pick a deal with ankle soreness? 
My five-year-old nephew acts better than what, what Deontay was, what Johnson was even is. He better, does little tantrums like a freaking five-year-old. It's pathetic. What was even better, too, was like they pick up the ball and start running, and he's just still standing there walking. fucking walking, not even yeah. trying to go make a tackle. Like, like that, Bro, you're getting paid millions of dollars. And this then the instead of being shit. an actual coach, Mike Taunt, I would have benched him for, I'm not saying the whole game, but bench him for the next series from start to finish. Like, you don't put up with that shit. But what does Tomlin do? From A.B., Claypool, Juju, he just puts up with this bullshit, and that's why we can continue to see players like Deontay Johnson throw a little temper tantrum like a five-year-old, like George Pickens against Tennessee throw a little temper tantrum like a five-year-old. It's because Mike you Tomlin condones You want to know something that's crazy, though? All those wide receivers you just named should all be still playing in the NFL, and none of them are on the Steelers team. So Mike Tallman has gotten rid of those fucking problems. And I think he's dealing with it, and I don't think it's something he's going to do middle of the season, but he's going to tell Deontay, hey, I'm watching you. you got to keep your emotions and check. you got to play. But isn't there a chance of nipping the butt? Like, all right, I'm not putting this anymore. You're out for a series. And why would you be a hard- Mike Tallman's not a hard-ass coach. He's a player's coach. But doesn't he need to be a times a hard-ass coach? I mean, there's a balance. His, you can do both. It's not his MO, though. I just I feel like people George, respect him and go out to play for him because he's a good guy. <laughs> George Pickens went out and was unfollowing people on Instagram, complaining about not getting the ball and stuff. Tomlin had him over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think he's a different type of coach, Tony, but I think, you know, like you said, with those past wideouts that had fucking attitude problems, we got rid of them. Yeah. The only thing is, Johnson, by doing it on the field and stuff... He's, That's a completely different thing. All he's doing is hurting the Steelers because he's not giving mm-hmm. them actual participation on the field. And then say they want to get rid of him in the offseason, what team's going to be like... What team is going to want to be like, yeah, I want Deontay Johnson and his lack of effort, his lack of work ethic. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're I, not going to get a lot for him, I think, I think he's that. only worth a third-round pick. If yeah. That. If and that. I think that's all he's ever been worth ever, so... Because you but see I, him make good plays, but then you also see him, like... Drop easy passes. Yeah, exactly. Let, regardless of the, like, you know, the lack of effort plays and stuff like that, like you said, he drops passes yeah, and... Th- there's a good chance the Steelers will just be stuck eating his contract money. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, though, he signed a two-year contract last year, so I think next year is his last... Technically, his yeah. last year on contract for the Steelers. And so it's not like he's there I, for I bet years. We, I bet. What do we sign A-Rob to? Just a one-year deal. I, we probably bring him back. He's been pretty productive, I thought, in the offense. If anything, yeah. he's a leader in it, that wide receiver we'll, room. Exactly. We'll bring him back on a much cheaper deal because they pay, they got his contract from the Rams, and they're paying him like five and a half million. Yeah, like they ate, ate half of his contract. Yeah, and the dudes had probably like 15 catches all year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of pain to guys. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing. before last week, the offense was averaging, what, 180 passing yards a game, if that? Mm. Uh, I, think, I think it was like 172. Yeah, 170, yeah. 180, somewhere around there. I mean, he's ma- he makes big catches, though, when the ball's thrown to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have many drops this season. Yeah, he's always been a good player. Exactly. He's always been solid. And, I mean, he just plays that slot position where he has to get down and dirty, get between the numbers, and how many times does the Steelers throw between the numbers. He got a big pass this week, didn't he, on a midfield slam? Yeah, it was a third down. He picked up the yeah. it's a third and seven. He picked up 15 on the play. Yeah, he did a great job. And I just I feel like you got to keep that consistency on the team, especially if yeah. he's a good guy in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's not toxic. I mean, as, if he's not taking Which, a I mean, he, room, he, he's been a former captain in the NFL. I yeah, feel for like, the Bears. Yeah, so I feel like at this point in his career, I mean, he understands he that. Understands he's that. a role player. He knows that. Well, I mean, not even like knowing his role, but I feel like as far as locker room presence, I mean, you don't have that long of a career if you're yeah. a douchebag. So yeah. Yeah. he's probably definitely a great guy to get along with, and I would imagine, you know, Steelers would add value in that, especially if they have to think about re-signing Deontay. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, because, I mean, really, if 
if the, say the Steelers trade Deontay, mm-hmm. they're almost forced to draft a receiver because I mean you got Pickens. <laughs> then he's in a well. Calvin, Calvin Austin, Austin might finally he, be able yeah, to work out because smart. he had well. He was hurt all last. Yeah, I have to say this is technically his first. This year. is technically yeah. his first year's rookie year in the NFL, so he has a chance. And you know when he touches the ball, he's pretty electric with it. Yeah. Um, I think he could easily fit in Deontay's role. Obviously, you know. You want to center around George Pickens if he can keep his attitude because, mm-hmm. you know, he just has that up potential that, you know, is not really apparent at all in Deontay Johnson. So, yeah. I mean, even if you have him, you still have a solid tight end in Fryermuth, you know, leader in A Rob, and then Calvin Austin, and maybe you get lucky on the market, get another guy, or. You know, maybe you draft someone, you know, pretty decent enough out of college. I, I tell you that. what, I will give, give Tomlin credit where credit is due. I did watch his press conference or my lunch break today at work, and he did, like, the question was, you know, addressed to him about Deontay. He did say, yeah, he's going to have to own up to it to the media and to his teammates. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to own up to it. He, that was his exact words. Um, it's just, I, it, it's very convenient timing because it was like yeah. Thursday or Friday. It come it, the or maybe even Saturday that that report comes out that between him after, and Minka yeah that him and Minka apparently had a bust up after the Cleveland game and now he's out on the field showing zero care in the world yeah and you know Minka's you know one of those vocal leaders on the team and you know he's probably telling yeah. him, hey you gotta pick your stuff up man like stop throwing these tantrums yeah stop bitching you know? to the coach because apparently what happened was he was bar- like after the game walking through the tunnel off the field, he was bitching at the coaches, just chirping them constantly. And that's when and Minka Bro- probably had a, they well, said no, enough they said enough. that's when Broderick Jones had to pick, pick him up and walk him away from the yeah, coach. Yeah, he just, and then I guess him and Minka got into it at the locker room, Minka just yeah. trying to be a good leader out there. Yeah. So. And that's a cancer in a locker room. You know, you exactly. can't win with God, like you can't win playoff and championship games with cancers like that in the locker room. That's what he is. He's cancer and it spreads throughout the whole Spreads throughout the whole team. Maybe that's why George Pickens. Exactly. I mean, is. I mean, they're in the same receiver room. That can't be a good influence for him. Yeah. I miss the days of Heinz Ward and those guys. They just you went. have not had a solid like, well, air quotes whatever Steeler player, Steeler receiver since Heinz Ward. Yes. A lot of them have just been headaches. Yeah. Juju ended up being a headache. Antonio Brown ended up being. It's Antonio a headache. Holmes. Antonio uh, Holmes. Mike Wallace. Yeah. They've all just ended up being headaches yep. since Heinz Ward. Um, but I mean overall. Defense played good. I mean, I mean, it's expected against Jake Brownie, but they look good. Najee um, Harris looked like a, round, a first. That round was his best game. complete game as a steal. There was no, no juking and you know anything like that. No him tap dancing like a ballerina in the backfield. He just hit the hole, downhill running, running over guys. If he's gonna be a decent running back in the NFL, that's the way he needs to play on a consistent basis. Yeah, I, um, I still Warren. think Warren should be the one getting majority of the touches where I feel, feel like Najee had a 60-40 split between him and Warren. Um, but if he can do that on, a, again, a consistent game-by-game basis, I do not mind a 50-50 split between those guys. But he has to prove to me he can do that every game without trying to bounce to the outside or tap dance like Le'Veon Bell did um, back when he played for the Steelers. He's not built like that. He's slow. He's not elusive. He's, he doesn't have that good acceleration. What he can do is he can get downhill um, a la Derrick Henry and just run people over for four or five yards a game. Uh, I mean, a rush. And that's what he needs to do. Yeah. I mean, I agree. For the most part, I think uh... – Warren should just be like your third down back, your receiving back. I think he's and, too. And I think he's too good for that, though. But if if Najee plays how he's supposed, I to, see what you're getting. Okay. If Najee plays like he's supposed to, he should be your your one, your first and second down back. Warren's your third down receiving back, and then you have a really good one too. 
That and then you use Najee in the first half to wear the defense out, and that's where Warren busts off the 70-yard run in the second half when the defense is tired. Yeah, and I mean, the Steelers, you know, kind of rushing situation last, what, four or five weeks. They've been like number one in the NFL. Yeah, so. over 170-plus rushing yards averaging the last four games, which is tops in the league. Yeah, so I mean, the running game's figured it out. The passing game, you know, obviously looked like it figured it out against... Um, Cincinnati, and, you know, Corey did make the point they're not a great defense, but still it was a good positive growth trend. Yes. And you said, you know, you were kind of waiting for that picket breakout game. I mean, maybe we saw it. I don't know. We'll see more come this week against the Cardinals, another pretty good bad matchup for the Steelers. Bad defense. Mm-hmm. bad defense, something Kenny could easily take advantage of. So let's see, like you said, repetition and consistency. Yes. I mean, coming in the playoffs, we have a pretty easy walk. To get to the playoffs, I mean, we got to take Baltimore on end of the year. Yeah. But other than that, relatively, you know, light schedule of teams that are sub 500. So, yep. I think it's, you know, Steelers do have a good chance of making the playoffs. The the first test for this offense will be against New England in next. Obviously, week. yeah, yeah, next be, Thursday night. Because, I mean, if there's even though there's a home game there for the Steelers, right? Yeah, it's a home game. Yeah, even though the New England offense with Mac Jones is absolutely atrocious, they can still play defense. Yes, that's yeah, true. Held, they're the only team in NFL history to hold. Teams to un to ten or fewer points in their last two games and lose. <laughs> really? Well, that's yeah. good because the Steelers barely scored ten to begin. With. <laughs> <laughs> that Thursday night game is it might put me asleep. That's going to be something. So what? Their next four games they play Arizona, New England, at Indianapolis, and then I forget the game who they play after Cincy again, and then Cincy at home, and then Baltimore. end with the Ravens, or is it end with the, I mean, Ravens that end with Seattle. It's no, no, it's Seattle, Seattle then, but they play Ravens. both on the road. Gotcha. So they're a path to the playoffs to safely be in the playoffs this year in the AFC. You got to win 11 games. So here's their thing. Their next four games are all winnable. Like I said, you have Arizona, New England at home. You have Indianapolis on the road and then Cincy at home with Jake Browning. You have to if you win three of those four games, you're what? You're ten and five going to the last two against at Seattle and at the Ravens. Then if you split one of those games, you get to eleven and six, and I think you're solidly in the playoffs there as like a fifth, sixth, even a seventh seed. But eleven wins will get you to the playoffs. Um so they have like you gotta think. Gotta win three of the next four, and then you got to split one of your last two to solidly make it in. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's a I think it's a good path for the Steelers to do it. But they have to like I said, they gotta be, they got to be playing against an offense on a consistent basis for that to happen. Yeah, I think their main... I think the Browns will fall off just because the quarterback play. I, I've heard rumors that they might put uh, Flacco in this week. So I heard, Flacco too. Does. I mean, depending on how he does, the Browns just might be doomed just by their poor offense, so they might fall out. The Bills have a hell of a schedule coming yeah. up, and that's putting it lightly. Yeah, the Bills have a very tough run. We'll see if they can turn it around. They should have beat Philly. But the refs screwed them over. Like, I'm not one to really blame the refs for, you know, games won or lost. I'm telling you what, watching that just from an outsider perspective, because, you know, I like to see the Bills play. I even like to see them win, but I'm not really a fan of them. Man, the refs absolutely hosed them on so many occasions. It wasn't even funny. Yeah, but um, their main competition, I think, for the playoff spots are going to be the Colts, who are hit or miss. The Broncos are hot. The, the Broncos are very hot right now. The Bills and the Texans. I mean, the Texans are playing. And they have a head-to-head over over the Steelers, too. So. Yeah, so that, that helps them. Yeah, I, I think the you know the matchup against the Colts is going to be probably the biggest matchup. I think the winner of that probably is the team that makes the playoffs. So, 
you know, like you said, coming up pretty relatively easy stretch. But when we go to Indianapolis, you know, mm-hmm. we got to come ready to play at Lucas Oil yeah. Stadium. So I think the winner of that comes out and takes one of the, you know, wild card spots for the AFC side. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we'll just, you know, have to see it by there. But, you know, like you said, got to win four games. And they got a pretty easy stretch of four games coming up. So Exactly. Got to win three of the four. And you know what? I, I, I mean, I know it sucked to lose to Arizona. But if I had to lose... Uh, one of these next four games coming up, I would pick Arizona just because they're an NFC team. Where you, you, if NFC you're talking about tiebreakers and stuff, you got to win your conference games and especially the divisional game at home against Cincy and Jake yep. Browning. So yeah, it's gonna suck if the Steelers would lose to the two and nine Cardinals or whatever they are. But they're an NFC team, so it's one of those things where it's like if you can win the next three, that's not the end of the world as far as you know tiebreakers and all that is concerned. Yeah, I so. mean. How do you think the Arizona game will play out? So, I, I feel like if they continue on this trajectory, I know it's based off of one game and one game alone, but if they can continue with this success, especially with them, you know, better play calling, um, setting up plays, um, you know, little tweaks they're doing here and there. Um, Kenny can, you know, find just a couple plays to rip the ball and hit some big chunk plays down the field. You know, I looked at his passing chart from the Browns game to this past game. He attempted only three passes in the middle of the field against the Browns. Against the Bengals this past Sunday, he attempted 12. That And then he had 33 passes. So a third of his passes were attempted in the middle of the field. That is a huge change and a sight for sore eyes right there. So I'm thinking if they can continue in this trajectory here in offense, um, like I said, they're not going to be like the Bills or the Eagles. I'm not saying that. So get that out of your heads right now, you guys listening. Um, I can see them scoring. Um, you know, 26, 27 points if they continue to play like this and win like, you know, 27 to 13. That's, that's what I'm hoping from this week. Good, a good offensive game that just they just keep improving because I'm not worried about the defense next week. Um, well, so the Cardinals have to come to Pittsburgh. We're going to hear a lot about James Conner and his leukemia. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> they're coming to Pittsburgh, so it's going to be a cold one for them. But Steelers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they easily cover this game. I don't really see the Cardinals giving us much trouble. I've seen us probably scoring mid mid to high 20s here. I'd probably 27, maybe 14. Maybe they get two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I could see anywhere, you know, 27 to 10 to 14. Steelers probably win this one comfortably. I think they easily cover. They haven't had a double-digit victory in two years. And it'd be nice to see it this week. Yes, Just, it would. Just, you know, to take the better steps. I mean, like I said, I expect our rushing game to be there. Cardinals defense is not good at all. I expect to see a heavy dose of Jalen Moore and Najee, and then from that, play action passes. Holy fuck, and we they saw it work, last guys. Week. They yeah. fucking work. It's crazy, but set have our run game, set up passes. Fryer Muth will probably have a nice game, probably look to see him get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I think George Pickens has a good game, too. So that's why I say I think I see the Steelers win this one 27-14. Wow, one point off me. I had 27-13. But before we get to you, Corey, I just want to pull out a quick stat here. So the Steelers, uh, the last four games – have over 150-plus rushing yards as a team. First time that's happened since 2004. If they make it a fifth time next week, it'll be the first time since 1977 that they've gained 150 yards or more on the ground since five Franco. consecutive. Since yeah, Franco. The Franco and Rocky Blyer days. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Steelers will win. I mean, while you guys were talking, I was just like, Who's a person on Arizona's defense that could maybe cause them a problem? And honestly, I couldn't think. Buda of Baker. 
Is, isn't he hurt, or is he still, or is he healthy? I think he's playing because I think Mike Tomlin was talking about him today in the press conference, like acting like he was going to play. So if he is a little banged up, at okay. least he's playing banged up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, other than him, I don't know if I can name a single person on the Cardinals. Defense. I can't. Isaiah so, Simmons, but he's hurt. He, no, he's traded. Oh, he's, he's traded. traded. Oh he's shit! Traded to the Giants <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Oh, okay. Never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really have anyone. Yeah, they don't really have anyone on defense to help him out. Um, I. Expect a lot of Kyler Murray. He's he's gonna be running a ton. I feel yeah. like he's gonna be running away from JJ Watt, or not JJ TJ Watt. A the, uh, ton. Um, I think the Cardinals would be able to put up some points just because they're gonna be forced to. And I mean, they should have scored more points against the Rams last week than they did. Yeah, the only weak spot I see, if, you know, you mentioned Kyler and his scrambling and everything. You know, the Steelers are down to their practice squad linebackers now, where those those are typically your position players that spy the quarterback on scrambles and everything. Yeah, yeah but that's the only thing that worries and Highsmith, they'll keep containment. Minka's coming back. Yeah. I thought Minka played a little last week. No, he didn't. Oh, he, he didn't play at all. He didn't dress. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, the team, I think, the line, I mean, the quarterbacks have been playing well, too, covering tackles as well. Yeah. I. I'll, no, Go ahead. I'll, no, I'll get back to you. You can keep talking. I was just going to say, I don't see Kyler Murray scrambling going to be too much for present. More of him maybe scrambling and hitting a guy downfield because we lack coverage. But okay. if Mink is coming back, you know, that's I, it's the only way I really see the Cardinals beating us is Kyler Murray using his legs and throw the ball downfield. Yeah. Because okay. I think if we keep him in between the pockets, he's just going to have a rough day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because the Cardinals do have weapons uh, with Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Brown. Trey McBride is, I think he's a stud. I Zach Ertz is on the IR. Don't even bring him back. Trey McBride yeah. is... He's the guy. Rondell Moore, um, um, Michael Wilson, Greg Dorsch. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, James Conner. They have weapons. Yep. I, I think that the Cardinals can score some points. I don't think they'll win. I'm gonna go twenty-eight twenty-one. I think the Cardinals will uh, Steelers twenty-eight twenty-one Steelers. You think okay. they cover though? Yeah. I think that I think the Cardinals will put up some points. Uh, I think James Conner is going to be happy to be back in Pittsburgh. I think he's going to have a good game. Over under how many times the broadcast brings up that he was a former Pitt, had leukemia, and then got drafted by the Steelers. How many times is that brought up? It's, over under. I'm thinking like five and a half. Over. Over. Easily over. Every time he touches the, every time he touches the ball in the first quarter, the former Steeler, the former Panther. Every yes. Because this is his first time back in Pittsburgh since he uh, got traded. Yeah. 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 Now, I, th- I think the Cardinals will put up a fight, but I don't mm-hmm. think... Because like, the Steelers don't have the offensive weapons that the uh, Rams do to put up the points like they did. Yeah. Plus, their offense just isn't proven that. So, I think it'll be a little bit closer. Yeah. How are the Rams but you have the offense scored 28 points, though, Corey. Somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, ma- mainly because Arizona can't play any freaking defense. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't care. I was talking about how Cincinnati was the 30th-ranked defense. I think Arizona's like 29th. I get that, but, I mean, we've seen the past couple years of Matt Canada where it doesn't matter what. They could be playing a college defense. They'd still, like, you know, go three and out five consecutive drives. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I was just happy to see, you know, an offense that I could actually watch on TV and go, like, all right, this isn't half bad. Yeah. You know, so that's what I was happy about. Yep, I know, and it was nice. And like you said, we should have came away with more points, a couple of bonehead stupid plays, but yeah. it was a refreshing watch for sure. It, it was. Especially, it, you know, on the eve of firing Matt Canada, how do the boys come out ready Christmas morning, and yep. they came ready to hunt. What do you so. think, Matt Canada? You, obviously, you know, he probably you watched gotta, the game. He's, he was probably rooting for them to fail, not going to lie. Much like Ben Roethlisberger in his podcast, um, 
before the season, he mentioned, like, yeah, you know what? Last year I was rooting for Kenny to fail a little bit just because it's hard to, you know, see somebody take – well, he didn't – I know he retired. It's not like Kenny took his spot. But it's like, you know, yeah, damn, mean, that's that's me out there. That was me before you. So you kind of have that in the back of your mind, like, like you know, hey, yeah, I wouldn't have threw that pick or I would have threw that right in the numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he had to have been like, like oh, they're not going to score at all, blah, blah, blah. And they, the first game, 400 yards total off. It's something he couldn't do in his whole tenure. He was – if he even watched the game, he watched the game. He had he was he had to have been sick to his stomach. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Damn, maybe it was. <laughs> maybe it was. I mean, you can't feel much. You can't feel like a big man after watching. You know, people wanting you gone since fucking week two. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I wasn't the hinderest, you know. And it's like, man, maybe they did give. And me it became national news. Every Pat McAfee show where they went, like on college campuses, the fire can was everywhere. Yeah, exactly, coast to coast, around the globe, around <laughs> worldwide, like the Montreal Madness podcast. So, yeah, so just some. I was looking up how bad Arizona's defense was, just because I was curious. Okay. So they have the eighth worst defense, and so they played. They just played the Bengals, where since Sunday they've moved down to the thirty-first defense. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have the eighth worst defense. Steelers have the ninth worst defense, <laughs> and then you move up. The Indianapolis is the tenth worst. Seattle is the eleventh worst. They're just playing bad defensive teams, which is going to help them so much. Hey, I'll game. take it. I mean, the Steelers need all the all the help they can get, so I'll definitely take it as a Steeler fan. That's for sure. Um. All right. What else you guys want to talk about? I know uh, before the show I brought up about this rumor going around that the reason why Blackhawks forward Corey Perry was released from the team because uh, superstar sensation drafted number one overall by them, Connor Bedard. It was during uh, Mother's Week where all the players' mothers come and travel with the team. Apparently, he had sexual sexual relations with Connor Bedard's mom. That was the rumor. That's the reason why um, just today. Uh, they uh, released him because of personal misconduct. What do you guys think of that wild allegation? <laughs> Will snipe Sally, bro. Let's go. The Zach Wilson of the NHL. I was just about to say that. I mean, if that does come out to be true, that's how does Connor Bedard feel? <laughs> that, that is that your former teammate just took advantage of your mom. Yep. Took advantage of you, kind of. By well, how do we know if it up. wasn't consensual? First off, I mean, it is a Blackhawks organization. I mean, you've heard about that scandal they've been going through the past few years, right? No. Oh my gosh, Cody! I don't. You gotta understand. My paying attention to hockey is probably well. The this same has been as... like national ESPN news, you know, worthy or whatever. But um, so back in like 2013, 2012, they had this guy. He was their video film guy. Okay, apparently he was like, it was almost like a Jerry Sandusky sort of thing. Oh jeez. Um, you know, not with kids, but like with like um some of the minor league players, where it's like, you know. I don't even want to talk about it, but that's what happened, and it was a cover-up by the GM, uh, the president, and the head coach at the time. Uh, and it just and it all came about a few years ago. Since all them guys have been fired now and everything, um, but it's just like you go from that to now you have this. It's like they, the Blackhawks organization can't catch a break. I actually just looked up to see if there's anything else, and apparently, um, this is on X or whatever. But the GM for the Blackhawks came out and said that. Um, it is a workplace matter, but then he says in his next quote that this does not involve any player or their families, and anyone that suggests otherwise is wildly inaccurate, and it's frankly disgusting. <laughs> well, what they did a few years ago covering up was pretty disgusting, so it's kind of hard to believe them when they just did this near, not even ten years ago. So We're like the jackcock. <laughs> Damn, that's rough. Ooh, sorry, that is a low blow. Too soon. Too soon. Ah. Uh, 
I've had enough of them happen to us, so it's finally not. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm trying to find humor in it, just I know, to I lighten the mood from. a little bit. I'm not trying to, you know, justify yeah. pedophilia in any manner whatsoever. But um, you know, Penn State fans have had to deal with the ridicule and jokes exactly. for years. It's you know. I guess okay to be on the other side of the coin. Yeah, I, you know, like, like you said, Chidi, we're not here condoning all this. And if Obviously. you think that you're, you're that's bullshit, and just stop listening right now because I don't even want you to listen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the whole you know you know the Blackhawk skater Corey Perry <laughs> screwing Connor Bedard's mom. It's that's, just hilarious yeah. in itself. Welcome to the NHL. Buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> NHL, buddy. <laughs> the good old boys of hockey. We get between our toes and we fuck our stars' moms. <laughs> Maybe Zach Wilson will lace up the skates. I don't know. Can he skate? <laughs> I can't play fucking football. Can he yeah. be any worse than fucking hockey? I mean, just fuck it. Let's give it a try. Yeah, really. That uh, that Tim Boyle Hail Mary pick six, dude, that's going to go down in jet history like a lot, like alongside the butt fumble. fumble. And, dude, that, <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah. He just picked off Tua for the second straight drive, and then you just give him six points. <laughs> Whenever I watched it, I was like, this isn't real. This Jet team is not real. Well, that was part of my uh, leg. I had the Dolphins to cover whenever I pushed out, whenever you know, Penn State was only up 6 nothing in the second quarter. That, that was part of that parlay, so I was happy to see that happen. But um, Actually, funny stat I saw on the way over here. Being a Charger fan, you know, Quentin Johnson, we took him round one and everything. Uh, <laughs> Where was he from, by TCU. the way? That's what I thought, yeah. He has... More the only thing he has over him is receptions compared to Deron Bland. He has more receptions, but Deron Bland has more yards, uh, touchdowns than uh, Quentin Johnson, and he's the defensive back. Jeez. <laughs> Even Johnson, with Mike Williams, he set the record for most uh, pick sixes in a season, right? Yeah, yeah. He That's did what I thought. Day, yep. Five. That's crazy. That is. Think of. Five pick sixes in a year, damn. Player of the year conversation. It's funny he has one less touchdown than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's insane. That's Wait, sad. He has more receiving touchdowns than like Devontae Adams. I think uh, like Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson. <laughs> like it's crazy <laughs> how many more touchdowns he has than guys who play offense. Yep. Um, one thing I wanted to actually touch on. Um, I saw people trying to rally behind Joey Porter Jr., Defensive Rookie of the Year. I Chance. love that. I mean, he's been – I think the most amount of catches he's, he's lapping in a game is three. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember exactly. I, I saw I saw the stats the other day. He loved two to chase. Two to chase, yep. But, and both of them were tip balls to where, you know, any other game – Well, they just the one fall. catch Jamar one, had on was – Well, Jamar – I mean, Jamar made a great play, but – Joey Porter was right there to make the play yeah. as well. Yeah, it's just a great catch. Just an even better catch. Yeah, I mean that was yeah, I'll, I'll t- that's typical, I guess. You just tip the gap to a good catcher, a good player. Yeah, I mean that'd be what? interesting to see though. I mean, who else really has Jalen other than Jalen Carter? There. That's the only other person I'd really consider. Um, Will Anderson Jr. hasn't done much. No. Um, actually, I'll, I'll look here on DraftKings. What about odds. is the Witherspoon guy been playing? Devin oh Witherspoon. yeah, yeah. I think he's up there. I think he's been doing pretty decent. Um, hey, being obviously a Charger fan, I'd love to see uh, Tui Tua Pelotu get some linebacker, some right? Yeah, he's like an outside linebacker, pass rusher. He's been okay. doing pretty decent. He's got a couple sacks, given some tackles for losses. He's not been terrible. Yeah. Um, he's got some big shoes to fill in, though, for Joey Bosa being out. 
As far as being a pass I know he plays DN, Joey Bosa, but you yeah, know, pass rush is a pass rusher. Joey Bosa pisses me off. He's he's either He'll give you one good game. He'll get like two and a half sacks in one you, game. Like as a Chargers fan, would you consider him a little overrated? Absolutely. Okay. He'll he'll get you like two and a half sacks in one game. Then he'll do nothing for four games. Mm-hmm. Then he'll get injured for three games, and then he'll come back and get two and a half sacks. Yeah. Like he he's constantly hurt, and I just can't. He's super annoying. Yeah. Um, the odds they have Jalen Carter as a clear favorite, Devin Weatherspoon, Will Anderson Jr. And they have Brian Branch and then Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel about Brian Branch of the Lions. He's been playing really yeah. well. Yeah, I know. I want, like, you know, I obviously as a Penn State fan, I wanted the Steelers to take Jerry Porter Jr. and because he was a he's a good football player, as we all see now. But if they didn't get him, I would have loved to see the Steelers get Branch from Alabama, which now he plays for the Lions. Yeah. yeah. One person who's a little underappreciated, in my opinion, also on the Lions, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell is a stud. from Iowa. Yeah, he's a, a lot of people are scratching their heads that they wasted the first one of their first round picks on him. Yeah, um, but he's you know he shutting all those claims like down. Third round, he was drafted yeah. in the top fifteen. Yep. <laughs> By the way, updated um, uh, top four for uh, college football playoff here. So Georgia one, Michigan two, Washington three. Florida State four, Oregon five, Ohio State drops to six. Those are the top six right now. Well, they're all the undefeated teams and top four, which makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. like we talked about earlier, championship Saturday is going to decide a lot. Exactly. Yeah. That that Oregon Washington game on Friday is going to be electric. Yes, it will be. All right, you guys want to move to our bets uh, of the week then? Yeah. yeah, just one more, one more good news story. Um, Golf's back Thursday. Old Tiger Woods Tiger's is going to be oh, he gives it up. A shit. Hey, hey Tony, a shit. Tony, 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 Tony. Tiger Tiger's not golf, okay? I know he helped the sport, but Tiger's not golf. You know, like, move Who, on, please. Who's your poster child for golf right now? You don't need a poster child. You don't need He just one. doesn't like Tiger. I think Tiger. Tiger inspired Tiger's me to play the game. Yeah. Everyone looked up to Tiger except Tony, Whenever obviously. Well, he has been the best role model. A lot of outside stuff outside of golf. Where have you, you been the best role model, though? <laughs> I'm not a professional golfer making millions of dollars and having people look up to me. No one should look up to me on this podcast. Just a little disclaimer here. No. By one that like, point, I understood the difference between <laughs> right and good, and I understood why Tiger made his decision. So. <laughs> Um, it did not. Like, it did not. It did not shape or inform me beyond any other measurable um, reason. I just I mean, got into golf because Tiger is good at golf. I, I did not dictate my life choices off a of Tiger Woods study. I can promise well, you, you that. Uh, speaking of golf, I actually saw um, a thing on Twitter where apparently some, some random person put out a tweet or whatever, and he was like, what? <laughs> "He's like, what's the best part about blowjob?" And apparently Brooks Kepka responded to it, and he was like, "He was like the five minutes of complete silence on my couch." <laughs> I love Brooks. It's, it's like, dude, that that's, is, that's former Brooks of the Year. Yes, he. That, that that's is so awesome. Out of pocket, but he is. <laughs> oh, Brooks Kepka's hilarious. Oh, Brooks Kepka's him. He's fucking funny. As the shit. rivalry between him and DeChambeau needs to come back together. Dude, they need to fight. They need to. Box. Yes. I don't even think they boxing matches. I would pay to see that. I don't even think they have that much beef though. Do they? I don't think anymore. And like they it's kind of though. Yeah, yeah, but both of them went to live, and it hasn't been any beef whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, when you're making three hundred million dollars a year, they want to ride like, no, together. Yeah. There's no After need the to be beef. a beef. Yeah. There's no need for a beef when you're making that kind of money. Yeah. Exactly. They don't have to be around <laughs> each other. But. Yep. 
Oh, but yeah, uh, I don't like Tiger Woods. I've always been a Phil fan. That's the reason. I mean, why. I like Phil too, but Phil's been just as nefarious as Tiger has, yeah. though. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk? Let's talk about Phil's fucking uh, gambling addiction. Uh, that's a little different. That's oh, a little no. different. It's still a sin. At the end of the day, it's still a sin, Tony. Did you see the stuff where Phil was like putting money on like the Ryder Cup that he was participating? Yeah, it's like fucking Phil. Just yeah, he was a fucking weird better, bro. Okay, uh, having an affair with your wife with hookers in Vegas. And then taking pills while driving, um, you know, getting caught with that and stuff. I feel like that's different. But that's just me. I don't know. That's just me. Hey, Pete Rose can't be in the Hall of Fame for betting. Phil Mixon, get him, Phil Mixon, get him out of here. That is true. To live. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. He never bet on the Reds to lose. Exactly. He's to win. Exactly. And everyone I ask from the 80s say Pete Rose is the best baseball player they've ever seen oh, in their yeah. life. Pete Rose Charlie Hustle. Yeah. Another side tangent real quick. Um, I know you guys don't Keep it. Follow, no, let's keep it going. I know you don't follow a whole lot, but a big problem uh, with betting has been over in, like, soccer in Europe lately. Okay. So there was this one player for uh, Brentford. His name is Ivan Tony. He's a striker. Mm-hmm. And Brentford, they're, like, a mid, mid-tier uh, Premier League team. He was betting on, like, himself and stuff, like, over and under shots for himself. Like, he was betting on himself. He was betting on his team to lose and stuff. Like, Jesus. like he was, like, a lot oh. of stuff got exposed. He got an eight-month eight suspension. Then it came out that another player that uh, Newcastle United signed, uh, Sinandro, Sandro Tonali, they just bought him from Milan. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was betting on games over in Italy before he came to England. But he was betting on, like, Milan to win. He never bet on Milan to lose. He was always, like, upping his team and mm-hmm. stuff but he got banned for a year and it blows my mind that a guy was throwing games himself in a sense got, gets banned for eight months but a guy who's trying to perform better and bets on his team to win gets banned for a year did the prem hand down both punishments to the players yeah okay so it wasn't like syria handing down the punishment uh, for okay yeah like, it's kind of wild yeah it's it's crazy that what that you get lesser punishment for throwing games, apparently. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a I th- bad president. Yeah, I think like maybe the reason they did was because they don't. That's two allegations in the past year. They don't want it to spread more, so like make make it more severe. Hammer, hammer it down. We can't be <laughs> having this. Yeah, because I mean that's one big thing. Like sports bangs everywhere, but you got to keep in, keep integrity to the game. Yeah, it's that's true. Game. Yeah, because I think you don't want another Chicago White Sox. What nineteen nineteen? Well, the White Sox, whatever. It the was. White Sox were throwing for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, they weren't betting on themselves. They yeah. were being told by uh, organized crime to, <laughs> yeah. hey, why don't you guys throw this fucking World Series? Hey, you, you, like be... home, you like coming home to your family? same principle though. You're throwing. <laughs> hey, you the got, your boy just started middle school, right? Yeah. <laughs> You get, you get this cool VT high school, right? <laughs> yeah, so I think that that's a little bit different. Yeah. But Mrs. Johnson, this third grade teacher, seems like a nice lady, doesn't she? <laughs> See, like, I mean, a shame if anything happened to her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, times are a little bit different than that. Yeah, but, yeah I feel like, like, you know, what what's so bad against, like, player sports betting as long as they're not betting for their own team and that stuff. Where's the integrity of the game? Are they saying, like, they're calling people up saying, hey, you need to do this? Because I feel like among athletes, that would just be taboo. Like, you're getting ready for a game. Who would want, like, your fucking friend you went to college with calling you saying, hey, man, I need you to catch two passes? Because I feel like that already goes on because they do fantasy football and that Austin Eckler has his own podcast. He literally says about, like, drafts, I mean, fantasy drafts or just fantasy Yeah, he's like, he he jokes. He he sits on his own Twitch and, uh, because I sat in on it one night and he was 
like going through trades and stuff. People are like, oh, hey, I did this trade and the free trade. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I think that's good. This guy's so and so, so, like, yeah, giving so, his opinion on it. So, yeah, and you know they're playing these fantasy leagues for fucking money, too. That's just glorified gambling right there. Exactly. Just, it's just money being exchanged, you know, between the, themselves instead of, a, you know. So, what's wrong, I guess, with sport? Like, if you're betting, like you said, the player from, uh, what was where was he from? Brentford. Brentford. Yeah, like betting on him to shoot so many shots, like him actually affecting the game for him to win money, like not playing, like betting on them to lose. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to fucking do that with your own team. But yeah. if he wants to put a fucking five leg parlay on Chelsea, Man U, Tottenham, fucking Who gives Arsenal, a crap. Let him fucking do it. Who gives a shit? As long yeah. as he's not playing those teams, I don't fucking care. Yeah, and like <laughs> sports being <clears throat> like team oriented as they are and stuff, mm-hmm. it is hard for you to. Call, call up your buddy and be like, hey, I need you to catch five passes a day. And if you're shut down, you're not getting exactly, five passes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as, I feel like, yeah, as long as you're not betting on yourself. Yeah. Where you can intentionally throw games. Like, like, I mean, we like had Deontay those... Johnson did not have a touchdown. Yeah, game. really. <laughs> Just drops it. Oh. He's playing against himself in fantasy, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do this, man. I'm, I'm fighting for a playoff spot. I need the Bengals. I mean, yeah, I need the Bengals to recover that fumble and return it for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I had the defense. <laughs> oh. Well, bets of the week. Yep, bets of the week. Bets of the week. Bets of the week. We'll get JD first. All right, I got a four-leg parlay. They're all 1 o'clock games. That's my theme this week, so you can know in the afternoon if you're happy drinking or sad drinking. Um, First game, I got the total points playing the over in the Broncos-Houston games. Both teams have been on fire the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. At 46.5 points, I think it's easily doable for both teams. That sounds like a lot. That's Oh, it's in my room here. I'll go get it real quick. That's what? 23 points each team. That's I feel like both teams could easily get 23 yeah. points. Dude, I was so hyped going into the Broncos-Cleveland game. I was like, I'm going to win. I'm going to be the only person to win last week. And nope, like 40, 41 points, I think, Yeah, came up. So I think just because both teams have been playing good, it's going to be a high 20s to 30-point game, kind of like you know Ohio State-Michigan. Um, the next one I got... I got the Detroit Lions covering this week against the New Orleans Saints. Um, four points. I think that's an easy hit for the Lions. I think they recovered. The moon's changed. Um, it's no longer in a waxing gibbous or whatever it is. Yeah. 0-13 yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> the, the moon's changed. Yesterday was a full moon, so we're starting to cycle <laughs> over for the Lions, and I think they can do it this week. Um, we've already talked about this in our pre-matchup, but I got the Sealers covering five and a half points as well. Um, and then the last one, the Colts, covering at two points against the Tennessee Titans. I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. I feel like the Colts should easily beat the Titans. I know it's a, you know, kind of an AFC uh, South matchup, but... Is, are the Titans at home? Their Titans are at home, yeah. That's the reason why. That's yeah, but I still, I still think the Colts beat them. Um, so, I threw $50 on this because I have bonus bets with ESPN. The fifty dollar bet will pay out five hundred and seventy six dollars and twenty one cents. And what's that again? A four leg parlay. Oh, okay, okay. On one of my free fifty dollar bets, uh, I got for well, seven. What's the okay. odds on it? Um, the odds is plus one thousand one hundred fifty two. Okay. I'm just keeping track. I'm at negative ten dollars yep. so far. We're all no, at negative ten. None of us hit last week in our bets, right? No. Uh, Solsi's did it. I'm assuming. I don't. No, I don't I, think his did. I think he had like. Um, 
he had something on. He had Washington to win. Well, against I, the Cowboys. I, I think he had Lions covering or something like that. Yeah, and the Lions lost. Yeah, I think all of we all well, sucked in our. Yeah, our no, I, I, that was close. Oh, you were close. Yeah, yeah he just I, he needed the Browns. Yeah, I needed the Browns. Uh, Denver over. I mean, under at thirty-five, and I think they scored forty-one total. Ah, uh, yep, that was a lot. That was my only thing. I know mine wasn't. Mine was lost on Thanksgiving. I did a Thanksgiving Day parlay, but yes. I lost it during the Green Bay Detroit game. So. All right, but I did a five-legger this week. I have one game on Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. So I have uh, Washington covering at nine and a half against uh, the Ducks. Uh, that's minus 106. I just feel like that has to be a lock in my opinion. Um, have the Big 12 championship between Oklahoma State and Texas. I have the over at 55 and a half. Typical Big 12 game, lots of points. Uh, Georgia money line. Oh, that was minus 112, by the way. Um, for Oklahoma State and Texas, Georgia money line. Um, you know, I wanted to pick the pick the uh, spread, but you know, I, I'm just going straight up Georgia here minus two twenty five. Broncos red hot the past month or so, uh, beating the Chiefs and then the Browns. Um, I think they had a couple wins in between, uh, so they're six and five and you know, on a hot streak. So I have them uh, money line of the Texans at plus one fifty four. And then to uh, wrap it up, I just have Chiefs money line against the Packers for a grand total of uh, uh, plus seventeen thirty one. Bet ten dollars for a one eighty three payout. All right. <clears throat> I don't know which one I want to go with. I don't know if I want to go with my. Uh, that was on FanDuel, by the way. I don't know if I want to go with my. Mine was on Bet ESPN. My big underdog one, or if I want to go with my one, my safe one. Do you want? Do you want to record more money or? <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, uh, we'll just go with my safe one. Okay. Pussy. So, <clears throat> so my safe Try to get one, back to the positive. Yeah. My safe one, uh, I took uh, Georgia spread at minus six. Okay. I think they'll cover. I think they'll handle Alabama. Okay. Then I took uh, Oregon spread at minus nine and a half. I think they'll cover. Oregon's hot as hell right now. I love it. Dude. We're polar opposites dude. on that, Corey. Nah, dude. I love the Ducks. <laughs> love the Ducks. Quack, quack. Hell yeah. Then um, I also took the Colts spread at minus one and a half. Okay. I, th- I, th- I don't know. That just seems like a really weird line mm-hmm. for me. I mean, the Colts can actually win games, and Tennessee only beats yeah, bad exactly. teams. That's yeah, exactly. That's why I took that as well. That was a weird spread. And then uh, my last one, uh, I took the 49ers uh, alternate spread What's at that? minus seven and a half. Okay. I th- yeah, I, I do not think Philly's that good. They have gone behind by like ten points their last four games, I think, and come back and won. But they were the team like the Chiefs and the Bills, though, dude. Yeah, they the weren't scrum until, teams until last week. The Chiefs hadn't scored a second second half point in four weeks. Damn. Yeah, and the Bills. I mean, they can't play defense. The Bills have had problems all Josh year. Josh Allen so. is turned to pro tur- turnover prone, prone to turnovers. Yeah, uh, I think if they get behind a good team like the Forty Nine ers, they're just not going to be able to recover. So I think. I think 49ers with a touchdown plus will they'll cover. So uh, that was ten dollar bet, and it's plus twenty forty three. Oh wow! Ooh, that's the big one. Yeah. Two hundred bucks. Yep. Hey, I'm confident on it. We'll see if any of these hit here. I mean, I know. I, I mean, I feel I'm really confident in mine. Uh, I, I know you're going to get me on the Washington spread here, <laughs> but I mean. Honestly, that's that's not. I think that game's inside our parlays here. If, oh, if yeah. this if mine hits, I'm winning. I feel like yours hits, you're winning it all. Well, I mean, one of you or one of you is going to hit it because you have the exact opposite. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, one thing I think is really annoying: you can't bet on like touchdown scores 
like since today's only Tuesday, you can't bet on touchdown scores for the Sunday games. Oh, like, like anytime well, touchdowns. Well, they yeah. have to they have to have the lot upset so they can yeah. put odds on. Oh, that. So, I see because, injuries uh, and that sort yeah, of stuff. Because for yeah. one of mine, I wanted um, Jets defense anytime touchdown against the Falcons, but can't do it. Yeah, sure I do like doing player props like that. Like I like I'm not so much as anytime touchdown scores. I love to do like the all right, Austin Eckler, you know, sixty or more rushing yards. You know. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens, four or more reception, the four and a half receptions. Receptions you know. is one I love to do. Mm-hmm. Especially if you bet on Keenan Allen. <laughs> Damn, he, he guaranteed twelve passes a game. He's yeah. he's got you. Take the over every time. <laughs> Which is really weird. Uh, I just got the ESPN bet um, app, so I was able. If by the way, before uh, the end of the month here, I believe if you put make any bet, like I did a five dollar random bet. You get four free bets of uh, fifty dollars, so total two hundred. Um, so if you don't have it already, uh, download it. Um, you can use your old Barstool Sportsbook account for it too, as well. And uh, like I said, make one make make one bet, and you get four fifty dollars free bets. Uh, I know I did a fifty dollars bet on Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler combined. Twelve and a half receptions. I took the over and it hit. Um, so that's a free. Like that exactly. <laughs> it was a free seventy bucks for me. Um, so that's like you know those free fifty dollar bets. That's all I could do. Just little small bets yeah. where it's like I'm still winning seventy bucks out. Yeah. I made a fifty dollar bet on Sunday. Six leg parlay that would have paid out fourteen hundred bucks, and I missed it because the Buccaneers didn't cover. Oh, that hurts. Missed it by one. Though six, it was six and a half. Buccaneers was plus two and a half. I figured the Buccaneers would win, but so they the- they lost by seven. So oh, okay. That's why I took it because I figured they'd win it because I did the same with the Giants. The Giants were four point dogs and they ended up winning, which is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. I had them uh, Jalen to score a touchdown, the Ravens to win money line, and the Steelers to win money line, and then the Titans to win money line. Yeah. So if the Buccaneers could have found a way to win that fucking game, which it was back and forth the whole day mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Would have been what was it? Baker got hit really bad, and it looked like he was in the alpha the rest of the game, but he came back. Yeah, hey, got Baker's dog. a dog. Got that dog. I tell you, Baker. Um, say what you want about him, but he's shown a little bit of prom. I know the team itself isn't performing well, but Baker's shown promise here in Tampa. Uh, I think Todd Bowles is a big problem in Tampa. He's, yeah, he's not a head coach. He's a, he's a coordinator. But I've I've always liked Baker. He, mm-hmm. The Browns never played good against town. never played good against the Steelers, but yeah, I except like for the playoff too. game, yeah. the one playoff. Well, I mean, the yeah, that Browns was just that was the Browns Super Bowl right there. Yeah, <laughs> we were winning that. They, game. they ran him out of town for no reason. He went like what twelve and four that year, made the playoffs, won a playoff mm, game. Yeah, like, well, yeah, they this cut a Baker guy sucks. They, he like, made the, he made the playoffs from two years in a row. Yeah, yeah I don't get why him, they. Like, why people because they had a him. chance of Deshaun and like look how that's fucking working out yeah. Right yeah. Now. I wonder if it's like in that contract somewhere that like they can get some of that money back since he's not playing I don't know it's guaranteed yeah it's guaranteed that's the thing they sold their yeah. soul to that guy man it's, it's just rough <laughs> poor Browns uh, alright guys anything else you want to add before we wrap it up here no? Um, I was super happy I hit my Champions League parlay today oh I saw that yeah in the group Four chat parlay uh, what was it Five dollars will mean two sixty-two. Let's go! Nice, big bet. And it was great because I picked a PSG to tie Newcastle. PSG got a penalty in like the ninety-fifth minute Ooh. on a handball, scored it, slotted it, won. You know Jeff's open till nine. We can get a couple green monsters. I'm done. That. Nope. Nope. <laughs> done. Hell no. Yeah, Jeff, we're not supporting you anymore. Just FYI. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Um, 
All right, we're going to end on that here. Uh, that is a wrap for this episode of Montreal Madness. Um, we are going to try to get your dad on oh, next week, uh, right, JD? Yeah, dad next week. Next week's a Thursday night game. We were maybe talking about doing something, reacting the whole game. Yeah, a live reaction. I'll have my uh, new podcast equipment. But yeah, by the way, I just ordered new podcast equipment. Um, it should be coming here um, next Monday or Tuesday of the 4th or the 5th. So that should uh, be right online with the Thursday game against New England at home. Yeah, so. definitely better sound quality. So it could oh, be yeah. Good thing to break it out to. We could do it at my place if you want to. Yep, we can do that. Because I feel it's easiest for Dad to try out. Yeah. So I don't want him to come he in here. Coming to he ain't coming to Bedford. <laughs> in Bedford City Slickers. No. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. If uh, you want to do it, we should 100% do it next week. Awesome. Yep. Alrighty, so that's the plan for next week then, and that's going to be a wrap for this week's edition of Montreal Madness.